Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. Agriculture is Saskatchewan, and 620 CKRM is your source for everything ag. Welcome to our newly expanded Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Here's your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. And brought to you by Assiniboia Livestock for the most reliable and dependable way to market your livestock. Today we have an update on the red leaf pulp mill effort to obtain non-binding support from farmers for the proposed $350 million waste straw pulp mill in Regina. We take a look at soil moisture levels as we approach freeze-up across Saskatchewan. Real agriculture looks at the impact of rising fuel costs and economic concerns. We have an update on grain prices from Johnson's Grain Marketing and the pulse growers discuss business. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnson's Grain, helping growers contract any type of grain. Call 1-800-324-7778. And Mazank Fuels, your local branded Petro-Canada wholesaler for over 40 years. Fill up the tank, call Mazank, 306-721-6667. Officials with Redleaf Pulp are pleased with farm response to public meetings this month on the proposed $350 million straw-based pulp mill in Regina. Meetings were held earlier this month in Milestone, Indian Head, and Pence. Officials want to secure straw supply for the plant through non-binding letters of intent, with Redleaf needing 300,000 tons of wheat and Durham straw per year. The way straw would be turned into items like paper towels, tissue and cardboard. The Director of Fibre Procurement for Redleaf Pulp, Joe Hintz, says farmers committed about 100,000 tons so far in non-binding letters of intent. Turnout was okay. Um, no doubt there was a little bit of activity yet happening in the field, so that affected the attendance uh, somewhat. But overall, you know, very good questions, very good support indicated for, for the project. Uh, we did sign some letters of intent with growers as well, too. And, uh, you know, that piece of the, of the project, the support has come together quite nicely for it. So, so it's nice to see. Can you outline what kind of support you had in letters of intent? Yeah, we've, we've had some good uh, tonnage uh, amounts coming our way as far as support. As of right now, we're approximately one-third of the uh, annual required tonnage signed up on, uh, on letters of intent. So, so we're quite happy with that. Obviously, a little ways yet to go yet for, for the project. But, you know, considering uh, the year, uh, we're quite happy with the, with the initial start that we have so far. You think drought had an impact? For sure. Drought is actually uh, on the minds of, of a lot of growers, uh, naturally, of course. And, of course, you know, drought has a, will have an impact on, on our project as well. But uh, with that, it is uh, nice to experience, I guess, the implications of that now so that we know how that's going to affect our project. And overall, it's not going to uh, be detrimental to the project at all. 
you know, which is kind of uh, nice to have that uh, realization right now as well, too, before we go ahead and start building and planning. So you got roughly then, what, 100,000 tons of wheat durum straw for non-binding signed by producers? That's correct. What's your plan going forward? Uh, What's the goals going forward? Going forward, we'll continue to reach out to growers that are interested in supporting the project with straw sales and and meet with them. We have engaged uh, some other uh, entities as well, too, to to help us on that behalf. So uh, growers will be hearing from them in the near future as well. And uh, yeah, and we'll we'll just continue to network and uh, communicate with with growers that are interested in uh, in being partners with us going forward, and uh, continue to meet with them. How wide an area around Regina do you hope to draw straw from? Ideally, within about 130 to 150 kilometer radius. We've determined that we only need approximately 10 to 15 percent of the uh, straw from those acres in that within that radius. So it, we feel very comfortable that we'll be able to get the straw we need within that radius. However, on, on years that we've just experienced, uh, if we need to stretch out a little further uh, radius in order to, to obtain our biomass that we need, it's logistically friendly to do so. Uh, we feel quite comfortable if we have to stretch out a little bit further in order to meet those needs in, in drier years, for sure. Have you scheduled any meetings with farmers in any communities uh, so far for either this fall or next winter and spring? Lots of one-on-one farm meetings with individual growers that have reached out that are interested in supplying to the project. So that's the the course and the path that we're going to take going forward currently. Later on in the fall, we may have some additional public engagement meetings. We'll definitely um, uh, make you aware of when those meetings are and and let the, the general public know when those meetings are being held as well too. So in summary, you're pretty pleased with the results so far? Somewhat pleased with the results that we've seen so far. Of course, we would have liked to have seen a little bit better results. However, quite content with where we're at to date, of course. Still reaching out to, uh, to continue to grow that, the, uh, the amount on, on uh, letters of intent, and, uh, and to increase the amount of straw available for, for our projects. So, for sure, yeah. Joe Hintz is the Director of Fiber Procurement for the $350 million waste straw pulp mill in Regina. Construction will begin next year with the project slated for completion in 2023. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. This portion is brought to you by Prairie 6-inch Eavestroffs. An inch makes a big difference. PrairieEavestroffs.ca and Farmtronics in Regina, your farm electronic specialists. From moisture testers to security cameras, keeping your farm running productively and efficiently since 1977. 380 Henderson Drive. Soil moisture is described as very dry in many parts of the Saskatchewan Grain Belt. The Provincial Crops Extension Specialist, Matt Struthers, says most of the Grain Belt needs a good soaking rain before freeze-up in November. I describe them as uh, lower than I'd like to see. Uh, we've had some, some small rains and some wet snow in the last uh, week and a bit, so that's helped. But we certainly need a lot more before the ground freezes up and we get a dump of snow. It would be really nice to get the ground saturated with some moisture and, and then freeze up and, and have that ready for next spring. So we certainly need more and I'm hoping we get it before uh, it gets too cold on us. So you're hoping to see a good rain and I assume a good snow cover just to uh, have some runoff. Oh yeah, certainly. I would uh, I would love to see a lot of snow this winter and uh, I would love to see the uh, the dugouts and the creeks and and sloughs fill up from runoff. We certainly need it. Yeah, how bad are the sloughs and the dugouts for farmers? 
they're really dry. They're dry all summer long. And uh, I think everyone knows that there's some water quantity and quality issues, especially for livestock producers. They had to haul water, um, you know, many, many miles for the cattle. So they just didn't get that runoff from uh, last winter during the spring. And, and so we certainly need a, a, a good dump of snow to help them out. They need to just get a little break from it being so dry. Has there been much winter wheat and fall rye planted this fall? Lower than uh, you know normal normal years. Just a, it was so dry that uh, a lot of producers were worried about germination before freeze up. Um, but those that did seed, uh, you know, they did see some spotty uh, germination. And then you know the, the stuff that didn't come up. Hopefully, it'll imbibe enough water before freeze up, and then next spring it'll come up and and just be a little bit later. Uh, but yeah, certainly there was a small decrease in in uh, winter cereal acres just due to the dryness and and the concern about germination. It's a bit early, but what are your thoughts on seeding intentions for next year? I'm certain that producers are looking at that very cautiously. You know, there's a lot of things to consider. Prices are quite high for a lot of things, and so that'll change some minds. And then there's also the issue with just drought in general. Is it going to carry over to next year? And then, of course, there's concerns about herbicide carryover as well. So that'll restrict what crops can follow on certain fields and depending on the herbicides used. So there's a lot of things for producers to think about and consider, and and it might change some of their plans. The topsoil moisture rating this month was described as 12% adequate, 43% short, and 45% very short. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamp's Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update. Bring the energy of Real Ag Radio to your next customer meeting or conference. From your stage, we'll record an episode in person to inform and provide insight on the latest in agriculture. We're talking to Brennan Cook. He's a policy analyst with the Canada West Foundation. Brennan, how are you doing? Hey, Sean. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to you sh- shedding some light on this. You know, we're hearing about gas prices j- up significantly in places like Europe. China has been dealing with some some crisis issues. Um, what what is leading to all of this right now? Yeah, so I think I think really what what's leading to this is. It's, it's all supply and demand, right? So whether you're looking at natural gas in Europe or, or coal in China, um, we're really dealing with fuel shortages. Uh, and, and I think what's, what's driving this is, well, there's, there's a lot of factors driving it, and each of the regions are kind of dealing with their own complexities in that nature. But, um, you know, Europe was dealing with a cold winter. Uh, they had a cold spring to follow. That really helped uh, depleted the, uh, the natural gas storage in, in, the, in the continent. Um, and then with demand reductions throughout the pandemic, uh, it really led to lower investment in new capacity. So we're at a point now where as we're entering into winter heating months and we're, you know, beginning an economic recovery coming out of the pandemic, uh, demand is taking off again and the supply just isn't there to, to satisfy it. And, uh, you know, you mentioned China as well. Um, we can touch on that, but the, uh, they're, they're dealing with the same thing. Uh, they're way more reliant on coal. The natural gas, but uh, that's really what's running them. That's really what they're running into as well is, is fuel shortages that are leading to these power outages. Let, let's start with Europe. Let's stay on Europe for a second. And it, yeah, I, I guess I, I've read a couple different reports that have uh, alluded to the fact that Europe is is trying to transition to EVs and you know green energy at a, at a very aggressive rate, and therefore has sort of created this situation by their own doing. Is, is that a fair criticism? Yeah. Um, 
I'm, I'm not totally sold in, in one direction or the other. I think, you know, with anything climate change and energy transition related, you're, you're going to have a lot of opinions on both sides. But I think personally, what, what I think has really been highlighted here is, is just the complexity of the situation where we have a lot of net zero promises and net zero pathways that are being highlighted, uh, as you said, specifically in Europe. Um, but we have a world that's been deeply relying on fossil fuels for a long time, and that's, that's not going to change overnight. Um, we can't simply turn off fossil fuel taps. And, and uh, what we really need to be focusing on is how we can satisfy our heating and power needs right now with what we have available for in- infrastructure, um, while at the same time really pushing forward with innovation uh, and, and building out those systems that are required to make those climate promises, but but we can't have one without the other. Well, and you talk about the investment, you know, in in new capacity. Based on where government policy is headed, it, it's probably easier to justify the investment in the longer term infrastructure of green energy than it would be currently in in traditional fossil fuel production, just because you know where the government winds are blowing. And you know, I think yeah, that that's a major trend right now. You've got ESG investing. Um, green investing, uh, and that, that is where a lot of, of these big hedge funds are moving. And, and as you said, it, it has to do with the risk. So when we're looking out into the future, um, if, if these companies are seeing a big risk in, in, uh, in terms of a investing in, in fossil fuels, but also the demand for those fuels just not being there in the future, I think it is leading to a lot of investment, um, into, into green energy or, or even just away from extra capacity in fossil fuels. And that, that is for sure part of what is driving uh, the supply issues right now. So these, these things tend to you know, sort of happen somewhere first and lead to other areas. And like you said, the China situation is, is similar but different. Um, what can we expect in North America? I know, I know you hosted a panel this week at the Canada West Foundation, did a webinar, and, and talked about this energy crisis. Did the, did the panel have much uh, forecasting on what we can expect from an energy standpoint here in North America? Yeah. So, I you know I don't I don't think anyone is, is going to sit there is going to you know really try to predict what what's going to happen with natural gas prices. But in terms of what's going to happen in North America, I think we should expect it to to be different than what's happening in Europe right now. And that's that's for a few reasons. You know, first off, especially in Canada, we're uh, a natural gas exporting nation. So we don't have nearly the same level of uh, reliance on, on another country's imports to satisfy our energy needs. Uh, we also don't rely on natural gas to the same degree, I mean, with the exception of, of Alberta and Saskatchewan, um, for our power needs. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Partly cloudy sky today, wind southeast 20, gusting to 40. The low, minus 6. The wind chill, minus 13 overnight. Friday, sunny, wind southeast 20, gusting to 40. The high, 8 degrees. The low, minus 3. Saturday, partly cloudy. The high, 7. The low, plus 1. Sunday, cloudy, the high 10, the low plus 1. Monday, partly cloudy, the high 13, the low plus 4. Tuesday, partly cloudy, the high 13, the low plus 1. Wednesday, partly cloudy, the high 13. 
Normal high for this date is 9. The normal low is minus 5. The sun rose at 7.31 this morning. It sets at 5.55 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot right now, Maple Creek in the southwest corner at 16. The cold spot, Wasika, at 0. Estevan is 6. Saskatoon, 4. Swift Current is 12. Weyburn, 4. Yorkton, 3. Regina cloudy and 3 degrees. That's 37 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the southeast at 27. Humidity is 69%. Thermometer dropping 102.3. Cloudy in Moose Jaw, 5 degrees. Winds are from the east southeast at 15. Once again, Regina cloudy and 3. That's 37 Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougall Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougall Auctioneers. McDougallAuctions.com And brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems. Experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizers just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems expect the best. Grain prices are at record or near record levels due to strong demand and lower supply due to drought. Alan Johnson at Johnson's Grain Marketing in Wellman says flax has reached $50 a bushel. Well, Jim, everything is just very much on fire. The markets are just incredible prices I've never seen before in my 35 years of doing this business. So that tells you it's the history of this is just uh, it's just it's never been never been like this ever before you got uh, lentils you know uh, in in those high 50s 60 cent ranges you know and that varies every day so you just have to check in to see what's going on canary seeds 50 51 cents uh, it's just like all the lentils are very very strong so it's just yeah it's hard to even put a number on it because whatever I say today might be just another cent or two higher tomorrow or even later today it's just that's the way it's been going here now for weeks and months what about flax? What's it doing? Well, brown flax, if you can wait till spring to move it, we can get $50 picked up. That's, you know, April, May, June, those kind of time periods. If you want to move it sooner, it's still incredible prices in that $42, $43 level. You get into like yellow flax, and there it's in the, you know, the mid to higher 50s range. And again, subject to the time that you want to move it, but strong, strong demand, and we're moving product every day, every day. In fact, we're getting companies phoning us and booking stuff with other companies. They don't have these markets, so they're phoning us, and we booked about 3,500 tons with one company and sold it to two or three other different companies for them just, just because we have the connection. We know who wants it. And very strong. Canola is extremely strong, $21, $22. And I'm talking farm, farm bids. These aren't delivered somewhere to some of the elevators. You get into the... Uh, Guessing maybe getting heady here, but to get into the uh, wheat and barley and the pea grains of that barley is eight fifty, eight seventy five picked up if you can imagine, and lots of subject to freight areas, but in lots of areas. Uh, I phoned one of the terminals yesterday, and they're paying eleven fifty for wheat. We've got bids in that ten fifty to eleven range, but eleven fifty picked up. We don't have right now unless we've got it this morning. I'm not in the office right now when you phone me, but things change so fast. Like I said, <laughs> uh, oats are incredibly high, and that's. $7 plus range, uh, lots of interest in rye. It doesn't matter what you're growing, what you've got to sell. It it will be a very strong market like you've never seen before. And there's, believe it or not, there's some people out there that have some crops and have some decent crops. They no bumper crops this year, but some areas got some rain while other guys didn't get it. And they've got some crop to sell. We've got, like down in the southeast corner here, there's there's decent amount of grain laying around. And I drove to Regina on, 
on Monday, and I just saw nothing. Green bags, green bags, green bags everywhere. It's just full of green, and a lot of guys are hanging on. They think this stuff is going to go higher, so I certainly wouldn't want to argue with them today. Did you ever think you'd see $50 bushel flax? <laughs> well, I was pretty excited when it got up to $20 there a while ago. I thought that was incredible. I remember when I started farming back in 74, I grew some flax and I got 1350. It was a really freak year. And I sold, I grew a bunch of sloughs. Jim, you'll find this interesting. Seeded all our crop and then there was some sloughs left. My father said, well, we'll sell those sloughs to flax. And I thought he was maybe a little bit off his rocker. And anyway, we did it. I got enough flax off my sloughs and my land to fill a three-ton truck. And I sold it and I got enough money to buy a brand new half-ton truck with a three-ton truck load of flax. <laughs> you can't even do that today. <laughs> Alan Johnson operates Johnson's Grain Marketing in Welwyn. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source, 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumberyard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com. Saskatchewan Pulse Growers did not require a producer election this fall, with three nominations for three open positions on the board of directors. The two returning and one new director were on this month's SPG podcast. Sean Deerland from Kyle is back for a second term and is the current SPG chair. Pulses have been a huge part of our farm for the last 20 years. They make up approximately 50% of our crop rotation on an annual basis, uh, mostly comprising of large green lentils, red lentils, chickpeas, and yellow peas. We've also recently started into some irrigation, so I'm looking forward to trying some, adding some dry beans um, as a pulse to that mix. Trent Richards from Assiniboia is returning for a third term. He grows green and red lentils, peas, and soybeans. The new face on the SPG board is Mario Gadet from Melville. Currently, I farm north of Edenwald, so that's just northeast of Regina. We do about 1,400 acres there, and then uh, just another 300 acres in Melville with maybe some expansion there. I've grown a variety of pulses. Both my dad, my grandfather, and my great-grandfather farmed in that uh, Bellevue area. So I've always been involved in the industry between uh, the farm and my uncle's uh, seed clean plant with bell pulses and uh, farming myself in a variety of pulses with lentils, different peas. I've tried faba beans. I also grow canola, durum, some wheat sometimes. Mario Godet is from Melville. Back in a moment. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source, 620 CKRM. Market Update is brought to you by Nelson GM in Assiniboia and Avonlea. With new inventory arriving daily, they'll find a vehicle that fits your agriculture lifestyle. Proudly serving southern Saskatchewan for over 60 years. See Nelson GM today. And Western Ag Professional Agronomy. If you want to make cropping decisions with confidence, visit GrowMoreProfit.com. Grain prices were mixed in early trading. Viterra prices for canola fell 560 at 917.42. Lentils dropped ten dollars at 997.50. Number one red spring wheat went up 16 cents at 421.49. The rest were unchanged. Durham 682.53. Feed barley 324.65. Flax, 1389 88 
Oats, four ninety five zero three. Yellow peas, five forty four eighty nine. Feed wheat, two sixty one sixty five. On the Minneapolis Exchange this morning, hard red spring wheat for December fell six and a quarter cents at nine eighty three and a half cent a bushel. It's the Livestock Reports on the Source six twenty CKRM. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn, 842-4574. Good afternoon. This is Yorkton Heartland Livestock Mark Report for the week of October 20th. A big run here with 27 in the short, 270 cows and bulls, and a few regular cattle here. A total of 3170 for the week. We're seeing these cows and bulls lo- selling lower once again, with a huge number of cows moving in the west. D1, D2 cows, 58 to 65, sales to 66, 67. D3 cows, 48 to 55. Cows are averaging 60 and a half. Good bulls, 87 to 97. Sales to a dollar to a dollar four. On to the pre-sort sale. Lots of cattle moving right now at every stockyard. Some of these calves we're seeing, uh, the shine has come off on, on some of these calves. These number one pens selling steady with last week, but these second and third cut pens selling under pressure to lower. We were featuring Angus cattle here yesterday. Here are some highlights. 320-pound little steers, 279. 410-pound black steers, 263. 103 black steers weighing 500 pounds topped out at 225. 155 black steers at 570 pounders topped out at 211. 640s at 206. My favorite pen, 710-pound black steers, 204. 780-pound black steers, 201. On the heifer side. 370-pound little heifers, 212. 425-pound black heifers, 185. 500-pounders at 186. 570-pound black heifers at 172. Here's some replacement-type heifers, 670-pounders at 173. A few yearlings still showing up here. 750-pound yearling steers, 175. Onto the yearling heifers, 850-pound yearling heifers at 159. 950s at 152. Here's some big uh, yearling heifers. 1,200 pounders at 136. Next week, pre-sort featuring Semitol influence cattle, but all breeds are welcome. Please continue to phone in and book your cattle. Greatly appreciate it. This Friday, October 22nd, sheep, lamb, goat sale receiving 12 to 8 today and Friday right up until sale time. Sale time is 11 o'clock. And for the horse sale, that sale is cancelled. That's it for this week at Heartland Yorkton. I'm Harvey Exner. Have a good day. Now the latest Saskatchewan pork prices. Ham sold 5,400 hogs Wednesday, selling in a range of 189 to 208 per CKG. Today's sales are expected to be around 7,200 head, selling in a range of 187 to 203 per CKG. Ham's number one sows this week are down, selling in the range of 56 to 63 cents per pound of live weight. Ham's cash hog price today is down, and forward contract prices opened lower this morning. On Wednesday, the Canadian dollar is up 22 basis points with a daily exchange rate at 1.2329. The Canadian dollar is currently trading 80.96 cents U.S. Daily U.S. cash values are lower in all reporting regions and continue to bias to the downside, which has been in place for three weeks. Packers do not have to bid up to keep schedules full, and the net value of the cutout continues to see pressure, suggesting meat buyers don't have to compete very hard to secure their needs either. This morning's export sales report showed physical deliveries of U.S. pork were comparatively good at 32,845 metric tons and 10% higher than a week ago. 
Coming up, the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report, brought to you by the Prairie Co-op Grow Team. Fueling farms, feeding families. In Cupar, Ituna, Lipton and Strasburg. And brought to you by Second Look Online Auction. Visit 2ndlookonlineauction.com to see what's up for bid. Federated Co-ops has outlined a goal of reducing greenhouse gas emissions by 40% below 2015 levels by the year 2030 and net zero by 2050. FCL has signed an agreement with Whitecap Resources to increase the amount of carbon dioxide being captured and sequestered in Saskatchewan. CO2 from the Co-op refinery in Regina and ethanol complex near Belle Plaine will be transported and used as part of the Whitecap Weyburn unit. Federated co-ops will build facilities at the refinery and ethanol plant to capture nearly 500,000 tons of carbon dioxide equivalent each year and transport it to the Weyburn unit, the single largest carbon sequestration project of its kind in the world. The Weyburn unit has sequestered over 36 million tons of carbon dioxide since the first injection in the year 2000 and will continue at about 2 million tons a year. The enhanced oil recovery with the carbon dioxide injection also reduces greenhouse emissions by 82% compared to usual oil extraction methods. The ethanol carbon capture will be completed by 2024 with the refinery project starting in 2026. On the markets, the TSX is up 15 points at 21,203. The Dow has fallen 130 points at 35,479. Oil is down $1.72 at $81.70 a barrel. The Canadian dollar has fallen 29 one-hundredths of a cent at 80.85 cents U.S. That's the Resource Report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. Brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, now starting after the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything ag. 620 CKRM. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of edge microactive pre-emergent herbicides.